exactly. Four twenty. Perfect. It's a good time to start. Four twenty. It's a perfect time to start. Amazing. My name is Adina Smith, and I am joined in the studio today by the fabulous Grace Bukumi, who you may recognize from her work in over 80 different incredible pieces of photojournalism for publications like Complex, Vogue, Hype Bay, High Snobby, and more. I could probably just list the places that Grace's work as a photographer and photojournalist has been featured for the next 40 minutes, but instead I'm going to talk about myself. I'm going to turn it over to Grace, who has been kind enough to join me today in a conversation I call, how the hell do I explain myself to people? How do I teach people who I am so that they listen to me and respect me when I tell them what to do? Wow, what an <laughs> intro. Beautiful. Thanks. Um, this conversation is particularly charming because there was no preparation at all. No, we just done. both decided that it would be better if we could just be natural with each other the way just, we usually are. Just show up and, you know, have this. So A I lot mean, of people tell me that they're obsessed with our friendship. I don't even know what that means. Like, how? Yeah, is that okay? Are they all right? Do I they hope that they're is okay. <laughs> Is there a rehab for this obsession? With you and I? No. There's no cure for being obsessed with the two of us. It is an incurable disease. Thousands and thousands of people have been afflicted with it so far. Why there isn't like a PSA about it or some sort of... No, no. Here are the ways to prevent... Here's the thing. This is about you. Oh, shit. Okay. (laughs) See, most people don't realize this about me, but I actually hate talking about myself. (laughs) I would so much rather talk about literally anything else. But the thing is, I like to say really controversial things, and I was taught to use I statements. You know? Like, I feel that, as opposed to the world is like this, or everyone, Mm -hmm. or people. And instead, I prefer to say, I feel like... People shouldn't tell other people what to do unless they ask them first. Okay, or so we're going to segue into me asking you some hard-hitting questions. Oh, good. Okay, here we go. Hold on one second. Let me just hit this pad. Oh, yeah. Please. Take your time. Mm. Um, I'll be here all day. <laughs> you know? Okay. Um, all right. All right. You got me, girl. How do you feel about the world? Since we're speaking on feelings. Oh, wow. And your usage of I versus how the world views things. Let's start there. Uh, I think that the world is an incredibly beautiful place. And I wake up every morning feeling grateful that I get to be in it, as opposed to the other option, the flip side of that coin, which is not being in the world, which is something that I had to face when I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 28. This idea that I am not immortal and that any day on earth could be my last. But it was in a way a really positive thing because it showed me that maybe I wasn't as important as I thought because the world was going to go on anyways. But also maybe I could choose to live every single day and every single choice in line with my values. And once I started doing that, everything changed and changed for the better. Not 
got really scary and hard, right? It was so scary and hard to make that first choice to say like, hey, this is how I want to be in the world. And part of how I want to be in the world is better than other people have treated me. I'm not going to treat people <laughs> the way they treat me. I'm going to teach people how to treat me. And I'm pretty sure I said that in at least one of the other podcast episodes too, but it's so fundamentally important to, to how I see the world because I think the world is beautiful and it's amazing. And I think that I've been given the ability to show people how beautiful the world is in ways that they might not have thought of through my f photography and through my stories and through the way that I interact with the experiences that I have. That's part of my art, right? Something happens to me and I react to it and I share that reaction and that reaction is art to me. And so it's about telling a story where fact checking is important and honesty and transparency are important, but with healthy boundaries. And that is really where I struggle with the world because I'm not sure that I understand why me putting myself out there in the ways that I do opens me up to people feeling like they should tell me how to dress my body or uh, the ways in which my body is sexually stimulating for them when I don't intend it to be, or even their opinion on how I look, how I do my makeup, how I choose to show my body or not show my body on the internet. And at the end of the day, all I want is just to make pretty pictures <laughs> and tell fun, interesting stories. But you can't do that right now. There's too many barriers in place between people who want to be creative and the vulnerability required to share your art with the world. Amazing. <laughs> Speaking on the talents and the things that you would like to do and the things that you want to do, how would you describe to an alien? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Inside um, joke, you guys. Grace is an alien, and I'm a mermaid, and everyone knows that because of the children's book I wrote of called course, The Mermaid and the Alien. Of course they do. Mm. Um, how would you describe to an, an alien in layman just the talents that, talents that you have and the skills that you possess? Oh, God. Okay. Um, well, first of all, can I just say welcome? to this crazy ass planet that we live on. Um, I really hope people have been nice to you, but in case they haven't, I just want you to know <laughs> one of my talents is that I just genuinely really like people, all kinds of people, even people who are different than me. My <laughs> college boyfriend, to this day, my mom still refers to as the Republican because my ability to date outside of my species in that way, you know, San Francisco Democrat, really was like shocking to her. But, you know, he was one of those middle of the line moderate Republicans. And we played some really fun drinking games during the presidential debates in college like nerds do, you know. But at the end of the day, I think my political views are very much in line with my optimism which is that I like to believe the best of people and I like to treat people as if they are the best that they can possibly be in that moment. And I think that's my greatest skill set because I don't look at people and see something for me to evaluate or make opinions on. I look at in front of me and I see something to appreciate. You know, I see 
in front of me something that is worthy of being captured and shared. Um, and that's really long for a resume. So I'm going to go with storytelling, but not like if you like really direct stories, more if you're like a Kerouac on the road kind of a person, like a stream of consciousness with like a really heavy dash of E. Cummings poetry to- you know, tossed in there for good measure. So storytelling is your medium. Um, that would be your overarching identity. Um, what, how do you tell your stories with the different art and intellectual mediums? Um, and, and the ways, and also two part, how do you think the way that you've told your stories has garnered you a following or an audience, um, of BBs? Well, you love the BBs. (laughs) Hi, BBs. So... I'm going to start with a story. Um, When I grew up, my parents had two different businesses. They were both right next to each other um, in this neighborhood in San Francisco called the Geary District. And there was a bagel shop. And the bagel shop used to leave out the, like, three-day-old bagels that they couldn't sell anymore for homeless people in the neighborhood. And the Merchants Association was struggling because there was a trash problem. And the trash on the street, they felt, was making it so that certain kinds of shoppers didn't want to come to that neighborhood. And someone proposed that as a solution, because a lot of it appeared to be, you know, trash from local restaurants, was to prohibit the House of Bagels from selling the Dale, or for giving away the Dale Bagels. And my father, who was a Holocaust survivor, he was 25 years older than my mom and was 14 when he was taken to Auschwitz, um, he got up in front of this room full of business people who he worked side by side with. And he said, hi, my name is Andrew Stern. A lot of you in here, I think, know me as your printer, as your friend, but I'm not sure that you know that I was in these concentration camps because I never told you because I don't want to be seen as a victim but I am coming here in front of you today and telling you that because I believe that like, he didn't say like, only I say like. <laughs> I believe. You've seen this like 60 year old man with swagger. <laughs> like, you know, today I've come here and then you And know. the message is this. <laughs> if you have ever known hunger for one second, then you could never, ever, ever support something like this because you have no idea what I would have done for a three-day-old bagel and you have no idea what a blessing this is and instead might I suggest that all of us throw $30 in the pot and buy a bunch more garbage cans for the street and every single person voted unanimously in favor of him and that was when I learned the power of telling a story yeah and so how I grew comes from that story because my early life is, my resume is crazy. People are very confused by it. I was a modern Middle Eastern history major at Tulane. I graduated with honors and then I went and spent six months working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car to learn about customer service and sales. And then I spent five years at a nonprofit doing event management and marketing around social media, which was this thing that like came up 
And I remember I was running this after school care program. We had computers that the kids could use. And these kids were sitting next to each other messaging on MySpace. That's how long ago this was. And I thought, wow, look at this amazing, powerful tool for building community. We should be using this. And I went to like the board and I was like, let's do social media. And they said, absolutely not. We can't promote this. It's dangerous. It's scary. We have to protect our children. They were nervous. They were so nervous. And I said to them, I'm going to teach your kids how to do this safely because it is unavoidable. It is a bullet train and you are either on it or you are getting left behind. And they agreed to let me create like an internet safety protocol to teach the teens. And I made up this checklist of, you know, it was like never post a picture in front of your school because people know your name and your parents' names and they show up at your school, then like you're in trouble be careful, like pay attention to the background when you're posting pictures. Don't post pictures in front of your own house because if someone notices the house over and over and over again, they can find it. And this was before Google visual image search, but right when I was creating all of these rules. And at the time, something was being planted inside of me that definitely got blossomed a decade later. But I left that role at a nonprofit to go work at a tech startup where they were like, hey, you're really good at this writing and telling stories. We want you to do search engine optimization for us. We want you to write stories using this list of vocabulary words. And I don't know if you remember elementary school, but that was my favorite activity. Do you remember when they'd be like, make a paragraph using the following words? words. Dog, sat, bat, cat, ran. Yes. Toast. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and, and you know, mine would be like the dog despondent over the lock of the toast, ran in aimless circles. Just kidding. So, (laughs) sat nearby, crying on a mat. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so I was doing search engine optimization for like this crazy random amount of stuff, right? Like I was doing like small business accounting software. I was doing um, exercise and fitness for exercise.com. I did a dating and sex website and I did um, a fashion startup. And I was working on this fashion startup and I was working on my fashion blog and I found out that I had breast cancer. And I couldn't work anymore because I had to go through chemo and I was very, very, very sick. But of course, like this little brain of mine doesn't turn off. And so even as I was laying in bed, I was creating, and that's where Leah with Cancer the Blog came from. And it's crazy to me. I've written over 10,000 blog posts, and one day I just couldn't do it anymore. You know, I just didn't have- Couldn't do the blog posts anymore? I couldn't do the blog posts anymore because because it was more fun to do Instagram stories. And and, and, And the immediacy of it was great for me for three really big reasons. Reason number one, I'm a Leo and I'm lazy. And it was like, ooh, I don't have to edit these pictures. They don't have to be like perfect quality, like on a tripod yeah, with lighting. all those hours people spent on their blogs who never became bloggers. I just, it's crazy to me. Like, I, how much, how many hours I spent and you look at these pictures and yeah, even at least you, you work go- towards the, <laughs> what you're still doing. But think about people who just literally like, Worked on blogs and don't work on blogs anymore. There was a time where the accessibility of the technology made people feel like like, like it was easy. But it's not easy. It's not easy to come up with new stuff every single day. It's like no. running a little tiny magazine. <coughs> no. And that's kind of how I feel about it. I think one of my dream jobs when I was a kid was I wanted to be like the editor of Vogue. 
but not Vogue because I didn't read Vogue. Tatler. Even better. I wanted to be the editor of like Seventeen magazine. Yeah. You know? Teen Bop. Teen Bop. Ugh. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Yum. <laughs> right? No, I mean like, um, I can't believe I'm blanking on the name of it, but do you remember that like badass rock girl publication that was around in like the nineties? Zinc? Jane. Oh, that is. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted Ooh, to be the editor of Jane. We should bring Jane back. I, we should. With Mary Jane. If anyone is listening to this, we are very interested Let's in bringing back Jane Let's magazine. Bring back Jane. Um, mom's name is Jane. That's perfect. Shout out to moms. I love it. Oh, should we talk about weed? I know people want me to talk about mm. weed. And you just said Mary Jane. And I just, okay, let me finish my story. <sighs> so I stopped blogging. I started doing Instagram stories. And the thing is that who I am, my voice, it hasn't really changed. It hasn't really changed so much that when someone commented today about my vocal fry, I was like, yeah, if you know, like the vocal fry goes someplace else because everyone else okay. loves it. Let's do, here, we're going to do a quick, like, quick question. Okay. Round. Go. Just so we can get to the nitty gritty and then we're going to circle back. And I'll and finish get, the story. And get like really deep and dive into like, origins and the work you know okay you're right you're right this is actually it's too long so then i started making instagram stories and then i invented leo oil and here we are the end <laughs> ask me quick questions welcome back to it one sentence um, answers here gotcha. we go what is your favorite method of inhaling marijuana smoking a joint how many joints per day would you say you consume well, if I had more than 14 in a pack, I probably would, but that's the most I've ever consumed. But average is about five or six, depending on the size of the joint. Um, do you have a personal preference between men versus women? Oh, damn. Men. Sorry. I've been, do like, very <laughs> oblique about this for a long time, and I feel a little bit like a clit tease. Unfortunately, it's just <laughs> men. I want it to be men and women, but I don't think so. It's just what it is, you know? It is what um, it is. Do you have a personal preference attraction-wise towards specific groups of men? Wow. I'm actually excited to answer this question because the answer is no. Amazing. In fact, I have dated someone who was five inches shorter than me. I have dated someone who was almost nine inches taller than me. That's very tall. That's okay. very, very tall. Uh -huh. And um, I have dated people from pretty much every ethnicity. I think the only thing... Have you dated Samoan men? Yes. Okay. Half, not full. That still, I think, counts. Yes. But, counts. but it's it interesting counts. that you picked that one because <laughs> obviously as a tall woman, it, it became more comfortable for me to prefer tall guys of course yeah. it did uh, you know yeah, and yeah. so <laughs> I, I, I mean tall guys S biological engineering you know? sure I also really <laughs> like athletic guys um that's hard one because there's like a fine line between like a bro which I also kind of like if I'm being totally honest but like I am a bro you've heard me say this before yeah like I'm like a real tech bro I'm like a, I'm like the cutest little tech bro you ever did see. All right, react to rapid questions. Go. Okay. Speaking of bros, where do you go to find hot men in the city? Oh my god. Literally, I've only met guys in two places in the city. Three. Um one, of course, is online. I'm on Raya. 
which for those of you who don't know what that is, is like a dating app for people who have too many pictures of themselves on the internet. And so like we're likely to be used as a catfish. Um, I think that's it. That's it. That's it in a nutshell. And um, the gym. I, like, I meet guys at the gym. Um, Testify to that. You know what's funny about meeting guys at the gym? It's that, like, I really do wear a lot of very loose, oversized men's clothing when I'm, like, roaming around in the world. And at the gym, I wear tight clothes. And at the gym, I meet dudes. So, like, draw whatever color. <laughs> this is not, like, it's not rocket science, right? I have, a, I have a very, very appealing figure if you love a curvy girl. Back. What is your ideal dream date to look like? I want to get stoned and go to a museum. I, preferably a science museum or an art Ooh. museum. That's my ideal date. What's I'm your favorite museum in Los Angeles? Oh, man, the Museum of Weed. Ooh. That was so good. That Thank you for fun. taking me to that. Shout I learned so much. Jen. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link to it. It was really cool because it was like a little bit science and a little bit history and a little bit arts is all my favorite things. Where do you go to get a little art refuge? You know, when you're feeling, you know, uh, your house. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, not really, though. When creatively drained um, ever, you might yeah. visit I, somewhere or think of something. When I get creatively drained, I, I go to the woods. Mm. I like to be out. And I like to talk to the trees. Like Justin Timberlake style, like man in the woods cover art. Mm. Or like, you know, who More else goes like, like Reese Witherspoon woods. in Wild if okay. she went glamping instead of hiking oh. the trail. Because I, right. okay. because I, I'm a lady and I'm a little yeah. delicate and I no longer prefer to set up my own tent. I would rather pay someone else to do it for me. I just think what, if you can just look cute doing it, why not? I mean, you always look cute. I always yes. look cute. Speaking but of cute. If I can sleep on a bed instead of the floor, my back is going to be much happier. If you had to grab five clothing items out of your house. Oh, damn. Okay, I'm ready for this one. When there's a little cute little hurricane, nothing bad, you uh, know, but you have situation. to leave uh, suddenly. You and Bits. Okay. So think of Bits, too. Okay. And outfit choices. But five, go. Five outfit choices. Already Five ha- items. I already items. have bits under my arm. Okay, here we go. Number one, the Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. Um, Double-decker, loafers. loafers. Matilda yeah. approved, yes. Yeah, I think I could literally wear nothing in those shoes and go red carpet. Um, people, you couldn't. I'm pretty sure that would work. That would be better than most people's outfits. I would be. Make, I would definitely pull an emperor has no clothes, though. I'd tell everyone I was wearing some yeah. super hot Japanese designer that no one had heard of before who's making imaginary silk. Nakid is nakid. Nakid? Nakid. I don't know how it's pronounced, but that's the designer's name. Nakid. Amazing. You guys may probably haven't heard of it. It's so avant-garde. Okay. Sue. The red Gucci Dapper Dan bootleg sweatshirt. Ooh. It's my favorite sweatshirt. Is I've it decided. Red or purple? It, I have a purple one with a hood. You have a and red one. I have a red oh. one that's crew neck. Wow. And a red one that's crew neck is my favorite because it's like a little bit tighter and I can oh. like tuck it into like a skirt. Just like, fabulous. It's amazing. And then three. My little Jacques Mou bag. Oh, it's so precious. I know. And it was my first big designer purchase that I bought for myself. And it's, you know, 
wow. it, it's become iconic and I yeah. and I bought it out of pure like love and instinct for myself and I bought it after the first time that Leo oil was um wow. was was regrammed Charlotte to Jacques Mousse Jacques Mousse Jacques Mousse and then number you, five Jacques okay Jacques um Jacques wait that's only that's only three. Oh, four. okay <laughs> number four uh uh, 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 my vintage Levi's that I just got tailored that are perfect Ooh, and amazing fit that fit me perfectly and like Girls, kind get of your jeans tailored they do wonders I know and I think wonders. right now the thing that I would probably pick and I think that this fifth piece like w- would probably change depending on when you ask me right now I'd grab that purple and cream Zara jacket that like everyone wants Ooh. that you can't find anywhere. I mean, it's so funny, but it's the only thing I no. So it's a lie. The, it's what I'm wearing right now. The Van Halen T-shirt, my like oh, vintage Van Halen rock T-shirt. Yep, still okay. a fit. You just put a really great fit together. The Thank Van you. Halen with the Dapper Dan, with the Levi's, the double decker Louboutins, and then I the Jacques Mousse. I think Ooh, I could. Fit. I think I could make a thousand outfits out of that those five pieces. Yes, absolutely. And every single one it's of a them skirt, would hold it's up. It's a shirt. It's a head wrap. I mean, the pants could be a shirt one day. I, I could see definitely that. see myself like putting the sweatshirt like on like a skirt yeah. somehow, or maybe a tube top with the jeans. Can you imagine if I just tied the sweatshirt yeah. across my boobs and then like belted it? With Speaking the of boobs. Oh, good. Next question. Speaking of boobs, what is a big no-no, a big styling no-no for you? Ooh. Because thinking of thinking of bodies and structure. So let's approach it, uh, you know. So for me, the number one body no-no is being uncomfortable. Yeah. If something doesn't feel good, if it's not soft, that's it. Like that's th- to me the n- my number one styling tip is soft fabrics, things that feel good on your body when you're wearing them. That to me was a game changer. To say fashion has to be comfortable all the time. And I, I when for me with my so sensitive skin, that texture of that fabric is so important. And texture of fabric is important when you're styling too. So as someone who, you know, has a larger bust, but I can't wear a bra, um, I love a graphic tee because you don't mm. need a bra with that. You know, graphic tee yeah. is great option for someone with a larger bust who wants to be fashion forward but wants more modest coverage because okay. you can throw on a rock tee with literally anything okay. and you can find them in the full extended ranges. I know you know that my passion is plus size styling. So it's important to me that when I make suggestions, it's stuff that you can find in every single size. And so you could find like a men's triple XL vintage t-shirt rock band or a sports team, whatever. I think one, it has to speak to your personality, right? Like this t-shirt, most people don't know, but it actually is, it's the for unlawful, car- <laughs> for unlawful carnal knowledge tour. F-U-C-K. Get it? I get it. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. And next I, question. Thank you. This is how it works here. It's this so is, what it I is. Need, this is why I need you. Get this me. is how it works. Speaking. I need you. Speaking. A personality. And all these clothing and all these outward and things that add to your personality. But let's talk about inward personality. And, uh, of course, we know that your personality changes over the years due to experiences, times, locations, spaces, places, people, all of that. So I want to speak to something that's very unique to you and dare to you, and that's your experience uh, with breast cancer 
And this particular question is how you think that experience affected your personality, <coughs> if it affected your personality <coughs> at all. Wow, sorry, I just inhaled some marijuana <laughs> for those of you. And I feel like I just did a Barbara <laughs> Walters on you because I don't know where that question even came from. I'm literally just shotgunning it, it's that Pisces shit. It's Pisces season and you're trying to go. make me cry. Okay, <laughs> so. here's the thing. Do you want some tissue, darling? <laughs> Kind of, yeah. Here's a rock. <laughs> this is my Not special. just any rock. It's my red. It's my red Jasper. It's um, red okay, Jasper. here we go. Breast cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. Breast cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me, but it was also the best thing that ever happened to me because it taught me something that clearly I need help with, which is triage, right? When to stop who to give my energy to, who not to give my energy to. And I don't just mean people, friends. I also mean what projects to give my energy to, where I put this kind of considerable force that is my crazy brain. I mean, it's hard to be inside of my head, but I really learned to channel the things that I think other people might think of as problems, like my color matching OCD or the attention to detail in the OCD, which makes me a really good styling assistant to you. Or, just kidding, I threw that in there when she wasn't paying attention. Um, <laughs> no, I mean. Me with it, like it's real, you Right, great, great. I have a great attention on, to man. detail. And yeah. that, and um, you know, my, my BPD, my borderline personality disorder, that part of me that has like a teenager brain is really good at thinking of the worst case scenarios, which in turn helps me prepare for them. Next you know? question. How would you describe your borderline personality disorder? If you were describing it to a kid, like a six year old, you know? Sure. Coming up in the world, trying to figure out the way to go. Okay. Um, I would probably say that inside of our brains, are these chemicals and the chemicals are like switches and they turn things off and on and some of my switches are broken and so sometimes my switch gets stuck in the on position and I really want to turn it off but I can't it's just stuck and it's stuck on and I'm stuck on this loop it's a little bit like when you're really really upset about something and you're crying and you're crying and you're crying and you really want that thing and then you get the thing but you can't stop crying because you're in that moment of sadness and I get stuck there I get stuck there with sadness but also happiness <laughs> you know yeah. and it can be a really positive thing how do you maintain your happiness gratitude I talked about this a lot with Ivy yesterday but I, you can't talk about it enough. I, I can't explain more than gratitude in terms of things that I credit for my life being really, really good. It's number one for me. It was the first tattoo I got on my arm, you know, my little collection How of stamps. How many tattoos do you have? Oh, shit, I have to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15, Which 16. ones do you regret the most? So six out of the 16 tattoos. Oh my God. The one on my hip that was this infinity sign with flames on it that I used to draw over and over and over again on my notebook when I was in college. And this girl who was obsessed with me got the same tattoo. And it just, 
and we had this really, really messed up relationship. And this is actually very common in people with BPD too. I mean, she was, she was next level. She faked a rape. She literally slept with every guy I was interested in to the point where we were at a bar and, and my friend said, Dina, like, what advice would you give to college Dina? As a that adult. other women are not your competition. Boom. <laughs> that that you can't fix anyone, that nobody can fix you. All you can do is show up and do your best with kindness and gratitude. How are you showing up in this new newish? We're still new year, twenty twenty. How are you showing up or planning to show up this upcoming or preceding year? Oh wow. Um I mean I think that for me it's time to stop intentionally sabotaging myself because I've been scared to let my business grow, to tell my story on a larger platform because I got burned. And I got burned real bad. I lost a ton of friends. It felt like my world was coming apart. And I needed to build healthy boundaries around myself before I could come out here and be this person. What are your top five boundaries? Well, if you were going to say this is Dina's, you know, what uh, what did Moses bring up? Twelve Commandments? These yes. Are, these D- are Dina's Twelve Commandments. Let me give you abbreviated six, top six. Top six. Number yeah. one, say thank you or you lose it. Number two, If someone asks for help, you give it. Number three, if someone asks for feedback, you give it. If they don't, you don't. That's that's just one. Number four, kindness is always easier in the long run. And number five, I love you. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dina. I think that you and I are running out of time together <laughs> today. And I want to make sure that everyone knows how to find you. Ooh, okay. So first and foremost, please, can you tell me your photography website? Because I would love for people to go oh. and see your amazing work. Why, thank you, Dina. Thank you for asking. I thought you never ask. Uh, while we're on the topic of my website, it is www.bukumi. That is B-U-K-U-N as a Nancy, am I Grace, G-R-A-C-E dot com, Bukumi Grace dot com. Um, so you can find me there. Um, you can also find me on the IG, the gram. Do you know you good? You, you know, she, when you took that, that strong <coughs> hit. Um, I just took too big of a hit. <laughs> ruining the radio show. So no, do your thing, do your thing, do your thing. Um, at Bukumi Grace. And then you can also just text me, 708-646-5218. Yeah, I'm doing that. What? <laughs> You're doing that? Because I can't find my phone, so honestly, like, I'll get to it. No, just no. says a forewarning. I hope that you're doing it like Sarah Baba does it because she like releases her prints there first, so we get a sneak preview I, before she releases so that's it to how Instagram. Noah does that to his like you know because Noah does that with his number right. boyfriend. With I his asked you side that number, but like I'm giving you my real number. This is like real access. It's here, real. So. Will you give us your phone number one more time because <laughs> I just want the whole world to experience getting Grace Bukunji's digits one more time. 
Um, you know what? If you if you miss it the first time, you don't get a repeat. That's how it is the world. Real goes. life, real life. This is so. That's the only caveat. You okay. gotta, you gotta. You don't. just rewind it and go don't. back there. Yeah, that's it. Oh my gosh. So. Wow. That's the only thing. You got to listen. You got to listen to his podcast every episode to hear my number. <laughs> and it'll just be dropped in the just mix. Just quietly, though. I'm going to whisper it. I'm going to be like, If you know that song, you're, you're a real one. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite song. You I know what you're talking about. In Chicago? It goes, Luna? It's that, that one? It goes that one. Well, you know I lived in Chicago. Right. Yes, there's that part. For, but only for a year, and I basically you never left still the heard West about Lu- You still would have heard Luna. You would have yeah. heard Luna ads. Yeah. yeah. I, that's, I think, why I was able to just chime in right there. Yeah, you just get it. I knew. You well, it, we have that shy town connection. Just kidding. You're, like, from there. Like, lived most of your life there, and I, I was mean, there for I a year. I mean, I did, like, have some years in Uptown. I will, you know, let people, I'll be clear. I had some years in Uptown. And then we did move to the suburbs. So I am as fake Chicago as <laughs> anyone else is. Like, I, I kind of qualify as fake Chicago, but I did grow up, like, I, I was in the hood. You are. You know, I was in the, it was Boys Town, so it wasn't the hood hood. It was regularly field hood, but it's still the hood. I was in, the, like, the immigrant Isn't neighborhood. Boys Town where Shameless was filmed? Possibly. There's a lot of things filmed in Boys Town. So. Fair enough. Okay, now I get to ask <laughs> you one question. Are you ready? Hit me. How has how you feel about your skin changed since you've known me? Oh my god! I mean, like, let me just tell you guys. Since I met Dina, my skin has improved. It has seen a hundred percent clarity. It has been it has begun to gloss and glow. I walk down the street, people are blinded by the glow of my skin since using the Leo oil. Oh my gosh! Stop! I can't afford this much of your time. <laughs> Just kidding. It's too expensive. No, honestly, thanks, Dina. Like, uh, you've definitely reimagined, reshaped the way I look at skin, my skin, other people's skin. My favorite thing um, is seeing you just like cruising around in your day with no makeup on because you literally have no time for makeup. You're working too. I did in the car as usual, per usual. I I mean, it just, it's like, (laughs) yeah, she's like, I did it. She put on mascara. Like, she's sitting in front of me. I can see it, you know? But it's that that's the thing, right? It's like, if you want to put on mascara or you want to put on foundation like i love watching people put on foundation i can watch foundation videos all day cool do your thing personal choice i'm not pro or against foundation except that i do believe foundation makes it hard for your skin to breathe but i am 100 percent pro grace bukumi thank you for coming into the studio with me today and hanging out and you know just letting it percolate sponsor us We wrote this great theme song for you. (laughs) Percolate, 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 percolate. These are going in the outtakes. Percolate, 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 percolate. Are you ready? Get out of here. Woo! Uh, 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 Okay. uh, All right, you guys. uh, Um, uh, uh, We're we're gonna wrap up here. Wrap. I'm about to end this with one final note. Don't forget exclusive content available. Only, only on my Patreon, Leo with Cancer. Access now. $5 a month gets you all my deepest, darkest secrets. Awesome coffee in the morning. At Leo with Cancer. But it's Leo Oil. Leo Oil dot me. And Dina. It's everything at once. Amen. Now, exclusive. 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 Or kill him with our wittiness.